Hello and welcome to the Wildflower Heart Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Fisher. I am a singer-songwriter and this is the podcast where we talk to interesting people about what their passion is. Hello, Amanda, and welcome to the Wildflower Heart Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, Amanda is an incredible creative and works on both sides of the industry, which is really cool. And I think that that's just a really, really interesting perspective uh, to have on. And also a very dear friend of mine and you all know that I love bringing on people that I care about. So (laughs) uh, do you want to give the audience a little bit of a background um, as to like who you are, what you do, that kind of thing? Just a little spark notes version of Amanda. Yeah, for sure. Um, In, I guess, in a general description, I'm a musician, educator, uh, program coordinator, grant writer, and artist developer. Um, Currently, I'm actually the associate program officer at the Canada Council for the Arts and the um, Explore and Create program. And uh, I recently stepped down as program coordinator at Girls Rock Ottawa, but I'm, I've rejoined their board as director of programming. So that's a bit of a gist of who I am is do everything under the sun uh, as well as like both on stage and behind the scenes. Yeah, you definitely have a really cool perspective of having both sides of like <laughs> that in-depth, perspective of a lot of the behind the scenes work as well as being a very uh, well-versed performer and like musician and creative um you've had many jobs kind of on your journey through the industry um are there any specific moments that really stand out to you that were like moments of pivot uh that you saw that you were like okay this is like a really important point and I'm going to go in this direction or on the flip side, something that you didn't realize was going to be really important to your path. And mm-hmm. then you look back now and you're like, wow, I had no idea that taking X job was actually going to lead me to Y. Yeah, uh, there was actually, I guess, like three or four um, main things. I would say, I mean, I start off my professional career in the industry like not as a musician but like as like an industry professional in a Partick artist um, which was owned by Craig Cardiff a little like label in Ottawa we were a small team like booking all the shows for the artists um, doing the marketing campaigns creating the graphics booking the tours um, writing the grants and all like everything it was so cool um I that's where I learned everything about the industry like I really was thrown into the ocean I started as an intern after a week Craig was like can we hire you (laughs) I was like I think we passed the intern stage so um like it was like I got to learn everything and it was really the biggest eye-opener because I had done some of that stuff similarly on like campus side like you know event coordinating and logistics and such and but this was on a whole other level I like I was learning things about the industry that I'd never would have gotten a peek into as a musician or would have taken a lot of time to build up, especially like the tour booking and like the, especially, and the grant writing. Oh my goodness, that like really skyrocketed um, my involvement, like learning everything there. Like, cause I didn't, I never really wrote that many grants except for like smaller, like community stuff. Um, so I remember I was like, I was mostly like working on some tour building um, 
and as well as like a marketing campaign and then Craig was like oh we have this grant coming up for Factor could you help out we're, we're kind of tight on the deadline and I was like oh yeah for sure and then eventually they're like you're really good at this <laughs> I'm like I'm great at writing like I'm great at bullshitting I'm great at like um <laughs> just you know like justifying a project and why it's important and they're like do you want to take on grants and I'm like yes I would love to do this so um I yeah I like took that on and that really helped me um, start helping other people, especially local artists that are like, especially emerging local artists that had a hard time, like knowing when to start writing grants that really led me into you. Like I was already doing community work. So I was like, I can use like the stuff that I'm learning at the label to, to support my community in these ways as well. So it was, it was really cool. Um, I started like freelancing and then, which like also led me to when I started hosting open mics at Cafe Nostalgica, kind of um, looking at it from a broader sense as well, like, okay, what grants can I write to support this open mic? No one wants to fund open mics, you know, <laughs> that's not really yeah. something. So I was like, okay, what's something that's going to make my open mic stand out and be really special and helpful for the community? So once again, like everything I do is to support the community at some level. There's always some, some play in mind for like a collective, like good. And uh, so the, so the second most important, like pivotal thing was hosting this open mic because I got to curate like a room, like an environment where I was like, this is a safe space. This is what we expect from you. You've got to be a decent human being. Um, like this is like, if you're not reaching this, this, these standards of ours, like if you are disrespecting anyone in the basis of like being racist, transphobic, ableist, everything that is like being a terrible butthole, um, please leave. Like we're, you're not welcome here. We will ask you to leave, but we would hope that you would leave on your own. So like, it was pretty interesting, um, with that, but then as well, I'm like, okay, how can I help some of these artists have a platform and have this open mic space be important and, like, helpful in developing them? So I was like, let me do a featured artist spot every week. Um, and for that, I got to, like, prioritize um, women artists, uh, trans artists, BIPOC artists, uh, di- like, disabled artists as well. Um, and it was just, yeah, like, really incredible. Also, like, just also queer artists in general. Like, I'm just thinking of, like... Anyone that has been marginalized in subsets by society um, had a had a space at the open mic and that really like guided me in the important work that I wanted to continue doing. And I was like, I really love this. Um, And that helped me like I put on some festivals and shows. So like if someone was doing well at the open mic, they get to feature. And then once they if they like were like doing really, really well in the featured spot. Um, I would be like, do you want to play a show? Let me book you with some artists that I know as like an opener for some of these artists, or I would suggest them as an opener to some bigger promoters in town that were doing shows like, you know, if like the, if, um, let's say the Arkells were coming in town, like who's going to open for them? Like kind of, kind of those big promoters like that too. I'm like, Hey, I would suggest these, these local artists kind of thing. And, and then through that, like I could get them to headline their own show or give them the contact so they can start building their own stuff. So it was a lot of like, passing information um I realized as like navigating that I was like you know what there's a lot of information that's never given to to folks uh like you have to like artists have to learn everything on your own you have to like crack the code no one ever gives you the like you probably had this too or like no one ever gives you the information right away you have to like wriggle it out of them yeah and that's the thing is I feel like a lot of people even within the industry but like especially from people looking outside they're like oh well you're just creative and you figure it out and you do it and Mm -hmm. you build a business and it's like building any other (laughs) business and that's so not the case in this industry everything and obviously I cannot speak to other industries because I do not work in them so Mm -hmm. I um 
can't speak to that but in like the music industry so much stuff is not talked about Mm -hmm. and I've been talking more about this recently with friends especially around money and like how to price yourself nobody talks about this like I have never had anyone ask me about what I get uh paid or tell me what I get uh, what they get paid and I have person like unless I personally asked them Mm -hmm. and that's been like a couple of close friends because nobody talks about that and that just like is a reflection of all of the info in this industry like it is so much of like who you know and people don't want to share information which I don't get because I can honestly say sharing information has never lost me a gig yeah exactly (laughs) and like the funny I think it's out like ego-based as well I think people have a hard time accepting that hey what if like that person got paid more than me and like especially if it's like if you think that they're not as talented as you or doesn't deserve like maybe they just hustled a higher price as you or maybe the the owners are a bit more racist or problematic that they wanted to pay this person more (laughs) you know there's so many layers to it but I think there's also an ego base of like what if they find out how low I get paid but I project myself as like such a higher high high higher quality getting paid higher earning person um I think that's it's a personality and like an ego thing I think that's probably why not a lot of people share because I kind of feel it myself where I'll be like I don't want people to know that sometimes I take the the smaller amount gigs, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, but like, all that to say, like, I, I really hated that, that I, like, that mentality of, like, keeping all this information and resources to yourself. And so what I did was I would collect everything and I would disperse it into everywhere that I could. Anyone that wanted to hear me talk that. about it. And I would give it to anyone. Like, I would, like, I was mentoring um I still do mentor some of the people that came through my open mic and no matter how old they were as well like they would always ask me some advice um, and I was always happy to give it because I'm like hey like this person when I played this show at this venue I was like this is how much I got paid um like you can actually negotiate like a versus deal it doesn't always have to be like door door sales right if they had they might have some budget like ask like there's no there's no harm in asking especially in Ottawa I thought it was really really uh, like all the venue owners like are or the bookers things for the venues are really sweet like most of the time they're they're great and they're they love local artists like they really really do so or even artists that pass by they're just like so humbled about like people yeah. want to play so it's I've like had good conversations with the people who book in ottawa that's so good to hear obviously there's like a couple people that you're like meh stay away from them i but, mean like, yes it like at least there's general. like there's gonna be people like that in any market mm-hmm, so. exactly but it's yeah. it, generally really easy in ottawa to to book a show for yourself which I'm surprised um compared to like when you're when you're cold calling and cold emailing like Montreal venues it's a lot tougher to get a show <laughs> yeah. so tough right oh so goodness. so that like yeah so like that that it's so that'll... interesting like how I feel like some people like in their mind they'll just be like oh Quebec is like this oh the east coast is like this oh New Brunswick <laughs> is like this where it's like so actually dependent on like the specific cities yeah. it'll be like no yeah. like Halifax is like weirdly so hard to book it so bu- so hard so hard always and I'm booked like, which is not something that I ever would have expected yeah um, and it's very difficult to book a show there but then you go like to like Fredericton and they have some really cool little like venues there so it's really interesting how mm-hmm. every space is different but like even information like that like 
you can as someone who's booking themselves like an emerging artist you can be like oh my goodness like i've emailed five places in halifax and i followed up twice with all of them and no one's gotten back to me and Mm -hmm. i feel terrible about it like there must be something wrong with me until you talk to someone else and they're like no no no. it's just like incredibly difficult to book there yeah that's so true that's so true it's weird um that's a whole other that's a whole other (gasps) podcast like i was like yeah even with booking like there's so much like people sometimes like don't want to give out their contact information i know and I'm just like, give me the name even I'm just like, the name i'll just write them are you gonna be there on the third yeah. july or the third friday in july no that i'm not taking a spot away for you like there's this weird scarcity mindset i think with a lot of people yes it's yes, like it's so i don't true. want you to replace me with this person there's and I'm room like, for all of us I'm like we're not the, like and a few people we're that are also like totally different like yes yeah. in the folk genre but like not the same vibe as yeah. me at all and I'm like what so like I trust me I'm not replacing you anywhere. so true so true it's hilarious it's hilarious but yeah so that led me to my to dispersing information um and lastly obviously um my work with Girls Rock Ottawa has been like monumental in in like where I am today especially working at CCA now like I know that's what helped me um um especially just thinking about like I was doing all this community work alone I didn't really have a lot of support um I would I I had a a couple collectives that I was a part of but outside of that like I did a lot of work on my own and would just like help others build their stuff like or build their movements or build their their work but it, it was a lot of like free labor um but when I joined Girls Rock Auto, I was like, oh, my God, I have a team. Like, we can all do this together. <laughs> like, we all have the same values. It was so cool. And, like, I love teaching and I love I love youth. Um, obviously, it's it's kind of gone past age now. It's, like, all ages as well. But with a special, like, special focus on youth for some elements. Um, but, like, it was, it was ringing in, like, everything that I've ever worked for my entire life. Um, my young life. I'm still very young. So, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it yeah it was just great into like giving me like a solid thing to build up from scratch and to and us like you know building off of what was already existing and like branching it out into something more solid and then um catering to the community of what they needed like what what they like what they really wanted to see and what they needed um in terms of support and resources and programming like we were able to create and deliver to them and then we pivoted so well during this pandemic as well I'm so proud um and it just keeps growing and like it just shows like we we have such a different mindset compared to some other organizations uh that are maybe doing some more work um like we're not limited to just Ottawa where we really think broadly like internationally even so we don't limit ourselves to our possibilities um and so like that's really helped me grow and how like and how I work in just in general in the industry just how I approach things and it's it's funny because it's like a very I guess we'll get probably get into this a little bit later but it's a it's a it's it's hilarious when like we've created with Girls Rock Ottawa we have like a really safe community like we only work with people we trust we only work with um people that would make our campers and our and our like like people that use our services and like come to our programming like and come to our events like make them feel safe um like we and if someone if something happens we're like oh we cut them off right away we're like no 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 we're not we're not working with you anymore 
um and we will give people chances like we will like try to work with them have like sit downs and stuff but it's that's been really important for me because I've never had that before I you know like it is it's been so problematic to like work at some organizations that like do not take their community seriously and like do not want to yeah. protect their community but the unfortunate part is sometimes I, I step out of that safe community and then I have to interact with the real music industry and I'm like oh, I hate it here oh my gosh, oh my gosh. right so yeah. it's just like this terrifying thing but I'm so so thankful so those those three places like Project Artist definitely just boosted me into the industry like <laughs> like Kobe'd me into this industry um and then Nostalgica really helped me like uh, build something within the community and like something that other people will hopefully take on continue on to their into their careers and into their communities and then Girls Rock Ottawa just continues to help me build and um, continues to like grow within the industry and the community so it's, it's just a lot yeah so those three things I think are are super helpful and have made me get like have helped me get to where I am today <laughs> Nice. I, <laughs> I think like the important thing too for people to know is like Amanda is in her like mid-20s like she... oh yeah I'm, I'm almost 27 <laughs> okay yeah but like what I was saying is like you're very young to have having done I don't know if that grammar is correct but uh, to have done all that you have <laughs> and I think that's really important for people like you do not have to be someone who's like in their 40s worked in the industry for 25 Mm. years to like make a difference or to like change the way things work and to kind of come into spaces and recreate them and rebuild them and I think that's very rad thank you thank you I get that often every time I'm in some space with like folks that are older than me they're like oh I thought you were my age (laughs) and then they'll be like oh (laughs) That's cool. Like you've like I a comment I get often is like you've done a lot more than like an adult in their eighties have done in their whole <laughs> Truly life. Truly, I'm like I'm like I just have um a trauma response to working. Like overachieving is just a trauma response of mine, um but it's like done good. So I'm I'm happy. <laughs> My trauma responses help the community. <laughs> we love taking those trauma responses <laughs> and using them for positive growth. <laughs> I've just seen the way that it could go, and I've been like, let me just use this for good at least. <laughs> let me overwork in this department. But, yeah, now we're settled down, though. Now we have settled down, and we know our boundaries. We're affirming them, and it's great. Perfect. <laughs> boundaries are important. What is something that you feel like, and you've touched on this a little bit, that like people don't talk about in the industry that you really wish people like talked about more I mean I know that there's literally like hundreds of things we could choose to chat about but there's so there's something like specifically that's like calling on your heart right now to like (laughs) talk about did I just say calling on your heart yes calling on my heart (laughs) um (laughs) let's see there's there's so many oh my gosh um (laughs) I would say well obviously the resources, like sharing information and resources one is a huge thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't like it that the industry wants to like keep all these this information to, to themselves because they only want their artists to succeed. But it's like your artists can continue succeeding and this other artist can also continue succeeding at the same time. Like 
as like someone that purchases music or listens to music, I don't only listen to one artist forever <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life. You know, like I don't listen to multiple artists. I buy all of their albums. I stream all of their music. Like it's not, I buy all their merch, you know? So I think that, like you said, this uh, scarcity, um, I'm francophone, so sometimes I don't pronounce English words properly. Um, <laughs> scarcity, scarcity is a mindset is like really detrimental to people in the industry, I find. Um, they really do limit themselves, like, like even their own market. Like, I find sometimes when you ask artists to, um, like, tour together, uh, they'll be like, I don't want to, I don't want to tour with them. They're my competition. It's like, you're, you have some people that, like, they, that they might not have, and they have people that you might not have in your market. So why don't you combine together? You could have, like, an incredible market together, and, like, just because, like your audience is gonna like this other artist doesn't mean they're not they're gonna like you less maybe you should push you to be a better performer then maybe you should push you to be a better artist then make sure you're you're if you're if your artistry is on point then you should have no problem like you should have no problem with this other artist getting some attention as well um so like I always find it funny when people don't want to tour with artists that are very similar to them or that are like less successful or more successful than them um I always find that kind of funny um yeah that's like that's one thing just the resource sharing um obviously the Canadian industry is just weird I don't understand like touring across Canada is not great like it's it's not profitable first of all our country Compare- is so it's so big, big. it's like, so literally, big like i see people post things and they'll oh be like my oh my god like in other places and they'll be like we drove a thousand kilometers on our tour i was like a day what a thousand kilometers a day yeah i was like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah okay uh ours is like <laughs> like i think from toronto to vancouver is like almost five thousand it's so like, much and it's like <laughs> it takes two days to get out of Ontario. Ontario. Just oh my goodness, I literally I hate it. It's a day and a half on the train that does not stop. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I no, I I don't think I want to do this ever again. Like I like that's why every time I've toured across Canada or even like in a certain area like East Coast or whatever, I've turned into like a vacation trip. So it's like we're camping yeah. in places and like kind of stretching it out. Um. So at least you get to, like, because Canada's beautiful, so at least you get to see um, the beautiful landscape, but, um, yeah, it's just not profitable. I don't understand, like, sometimes, uh, like, when you tour the States, you could tour just, like, three cities, and it's so worth it. Like, you will gain a huge audience, and you'll make, even if you don't make too much money, like, it's still more profitable than touring the entire country of Canada, um and even I find some some friends of mine that have like been um like touring for the past 20 years they don't tour Canada anymore they just do the states and they do some other they do like Europe and that's it and that's much more profitable and I've actually like started touring in Europe because of that um mostly like UK and stuff it's it's been a lot more successful for me than Canada um it's so weird. I'm like, I'm not even looking for Canadian recognition anymore. Like, I want to be on Mahogany Sessions. Like, I'm not even, even for some artists that I manage, I'm like, I'm, I don't even, I think, I don't even think it's useful for you to be touring in Canada anymore. I'm like, I'll book you the big festivals if I can get them, or even some smaller, smaller scale festivals that are like really wholesome and will like build their audience in certain um, provinces and cities across Canada. But my focus is now on like, 
other markets for them. Even like the like South American market is great. Um, it's incredible. Um, and like yeah, the European one. Oh my god, it's so much more, um, exciting for the artists. And I yeah, I can't suggest that more. Um, so that's like that's the unfortunate part. Is I feel like we don't have enough. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is, but it's like we don't have enough support. <laughs> I don't know if it's infrastructure that's missing in the Canadian landscape for musicians, but there's it is not great for us to tour Canada. Um, so that's that's something that I think that needs to be talked about. Like we're really so bland. Like I don't even our like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like Canadian success seems very bland compared to the other countries. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I mean, like, the States is its whole own thing because getting visas for it and stuff is... But it's even more worth like it. Crazy, but, and but like, people overlook, I feel like people overlook Europe. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, like, I don't know if it's just because it's really far away or, like... Mm-hmm. It's what? harder to... It's more expensive to get to, Yeah, obviously. But, I mean, also, like, how much money do you spend on gas driving across this country? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like yes a plane ticket seems so expensive because it's one bulk purchase but if you add up the amount of tanks of gas that it takes yeah i don't know if it's like as more expensive as it seems if that makes sense yeah that's true well i mean um i mean i've toured as like a solo artist and i've also toured um, like you know solar and like acoustic kind of thing uh, like duo and as well mm-hmm. as like a post-rock duo so we have a lot of gear we need a lot of like we have pedal oh, yeah. boards we have amps like so we had to like figure out a way where we weren't carrying around like our amps and stuff um it was so tough um but I can only imagine like bands touring it mm-hmm. is just ridiculous like abroad um like we were lucky that like, I'm good at packing like two weeks worth of clothes into a backpack like vacuum sealed bags and stuff um I'm also very minimalist so like I'll wear the same pair of leggings all week and I don't care um but you know but like I can understand the logistics behind it being really tough but I know I'm just like such a like I'm a girl at a guitar so I always forget I was like oh yeah people have gear so easy yeah right like (laughs) my pedal board wouldn't even just the case itself is so heavy and I have like six to seven pedals sometimes and and then I have like my my special mics and then like the <laughs> cables go in their own and like oh man my guitars would I have to bring two if I have my electric and my like Gretsch as well like who which one do I <laughs> I have to switch their different which ones. child do I choose yeah which one do I choose so it's um and traveling is like never fun with instruments so like it's uh, I only had to do it twice yeah mm-hmm. twice and it's a unique kind of anxiety. <laughs> um, would you say that, like, being a creator and being a creative has really, like, shaped the way you look at the world, the way you look at travel, the way that you just, like, move through being human? Yes, definitely. Even in terms of just, like, Oh, there's so, yeah, there's so many answers to this. I talk too much, and I, oh, God, I want to answer this all night. But, um, <laughs> like, okay, one thing is, like, growing up, obviously, I'm, um, 
I'm a Sri Lankan refugee here in Canada. So I was born there. That, um, but um, like my parents are really cool, but they're still like pretty traditional in like what they want. Like they're like they wanted us to have like really safe careers so that we could you know be like be safe. Cause it's it, I understand they're like you know they want us to have good lives and stable lives and not worry about about money and like be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, please be a doctor or a lawyer or an <laughs> yeah. engineer, literally anything that pays the bills. Um, and my sisters, neither of them did that. Um, they're like, <laughs> we're going to do like business or like fashion design. And I was like, ah, it is my turn. And I was really good at everything growing up. Like, <laughs> like I'm good at a lot of different, like, like all the subjects I'm like down. Same? I had to be an overachiever, you know, which is like people think you're being obnoxious and you're like yeah I was like really smart in school like I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about their guidance counselor and I was like yeah my guidance counselor just tried kept trying to convince me to go into like medicine or become a lawyer and I was like nah I'm going to college for music (laughs) it does sound a little obnoxious but I'm like I never wanted to be bad at anything I wanted to be able Mm -hmm. to at least be decent at everything that I took on and that was just like a personal like goal of mine I'm like I can I should be able to be at least decent like I wanted to be able to participate in everything properly right um but yeah so like all subjects and stuff I was good so I could literally go in any direction everyone was like oh you're gonna be a doctor probably and I was like yeah I'd love that and I wanted to be a vet so much growing up um which is something I might consider later on down the road too but um but I remember, like, like I started university uh, here at Ottawa, University of Ottawa, um, in biomedical sciences, and I <laughs> did not do well at all, because I, like, for the first time, I was, like, I wasn't doing anything else. It was just school, and that, I was so used mm. to being so busy and doing everything, and I was, like, oh, panicked, um, and then I, like, dropped out, and then I enrolled in a different program, I ended up graduating with, like, um, BA in psych and a minor in, in, psych, in, in biology. So still had the science element, but, um, but I was like, during that whole process, I was like, I can link music to any subject that I'm, that I'm studying. So I was like, oh, okay. Like if I'm in psych, I can do music therapy. So I was like, really wanted to link. I could still be really successful in like how my parents want me to be successful in, but also mm-hmm. link it to things that I love and want, because I know that's just like a small thing that they just want me to have a degree. That's all. At the end of the day, just like, they're just like, get the degree, get the paper and something like something and then continue to do just to let you know that you've done you've exhausted this path and then you can choose what you want to do they always supported obviously like music as a hobby in the beginning but then Mm -hmm. when they saw it taking off my mom was like you're doing music now um which is great (laughs) so she's like you you know you can do this so I'm like thanks mom (laughs) thanks but like uh but she's just like just get that degree that's it just finish it off and then like but she's like so proud of me for like always kind of finding ways to always include music in whatever path that I took so even if it was like if I chose to like open a business I was like I can open a music venue a record shop literally anything related to music if I was doing math because I was super into like calculus at the time at one point in my life (laughs) when I understood it um and um even in that sense, it's like there's so much math behind behind music and like you can get into that you can get into those intricacies and stuff so there's at no there's no subject that you cannot include music into which I loved um and that's something that's that's something I hope that people can can help this younger generation kind of think about careers when they take it's like you don't have to completely lose your hobbies or lose the stuff that you're into um even if you're going like the traditional path like try to find like 
grasp onto that little bit of hope if you can. Obviously, tr- if you want to play music and you want to learn how to do music, do that or take that program that's in music. Uh, but if you really, really can't, because I understand in like these immigrant families, you really, you don't have a choice. You really do not have a choice, right? So maybe like- I was gonna say like you bringing, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to like chime in to like hype you up. <laughs> um, you bringing that perspective into an industry that- doesn't have a lot of that I think is incredibly beneficial and you do it with such like a caring heart as well that I just like think you as a being is like such a gift to this industry because you truly like yes you have a lot of really unique personal experiences that like me as a white person born here who's like (laughs) literally like born and raised in London, Ontario like doesn't have but you also have like a, such a beautiful like heart and openness to bringing other people in like we talked about earlier and like sharing those resources that I think that that's incredibly helpful thank you sorry to no I was just like waiting for a moment I was like I need to tell you how great you are <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's so sweet I mean like no one did it for me growing up right so like I just wish there was more um there's more of that support in terms of like you don't have to like nothing has to be a hobby like if you want it to be your career and you're you know you're good at engineering you can I mean it's not about like it's not necessarily about like pleasing your family as well but like if if you have to do that for a little bit like use this as inspiration to keep you going like I have some friends that created you know they didn't want to go into engineering or like software engineering growing up but then they ended up like building some apps for music and like tuning and stuff like that so I was like that's so cool like they they, like they were able to kind of figure out that balance and now they're they work in music like they're able to do that um yeah like even like just working like music really helps me in terms of just connecting with people on a different level as well like it helps every like realm of my life um whether it's like professionally or like or personally like just the way that understanding how people work and understanding how relationships are built is the same way that I build relationships in my career and in my music like this and in my friendships as well like I hate I hate networking um (laughs) <laughs> because it's creepy uh it's like really like hey here's my business card elevator pitch I hate that it's I would very rather weird. right like I would rather build a relationship with people and I remember we had this um when I was at Partick we were going to like folk music Ontario conference uh at one point like and we were we were work um we were presenting some workshops and which is pretty cool like we were on some panels and some workshops and I was like this is pretty cool like this is only my like third time here and I'm already presenting like that was pretty cool to me and um um going up to that we had to like prep because we knew that a lot more people would be talking to us then because our names were on like the programming yeah. right so we had Karen Kiskinen who is coaching us um she's like a, a prof at Carlton um in like marketing and as well as uh teaches some like coaching and stuff and 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 lots of different topics and also runs a witch school which is pretty cool um she's a good friend she love she's like incredible she's super cool i'm here for (laughs) (laughs) um she was coaching us and she was like amanda you're good with people like you're good with people so you gotta use that when you're networking you can you know i know you hate networking she's like but you know um try to be friends with them if you're not feeling their vibe trust your intuition don't work with them so it was like pretty cool for her to like take things that I was 
like good at or things that like I felt comfortable doing into how I approach my actual career um and like the work that I do so it was like interesting I was like I've taken that on to know and it's like I always build relationships with people when I work with them even when I want to work with them I build a friendship with them um and it's genuine it's like never like I'm going to be friends with them because I want something from them. It's a very give and take kind of relationship. Like it's never one-sided and it's never people like that um, are just going to be an opportunity. I always want to build something with someone um, that have the same values as me um, and just in general, like have the same core values and like are striving for the same thing in the industry or in that field or whatever we're we're working on. Um, That's how, that's what I like that's what I how I lead and that's the same way that I lead my like banter on stage it's the same way that I have my relationships with like my audience as well and how I and also how I find um people that I work with um like artists that I manage um as well so um yeah and and it's how I've gotten to where I am to be quite honest like even like randomly I'm like I'm just being nice to the sound tech who ended up being like the the owner of the promoter company who ended up like booking me for um a bunch of other shows in Ottawa. Um, shout out to Sean Scalen, Spectrosonic. Um, <laughs> I was just nice to him. I didn't do anything. And like he probably enjoyed my performance, but the show was like a shit show. Like no one showed up. There was like maybe five people there. Um, We've all had right? a couple of those. And it was my oh, first good. show with them. And like on, he was a sound tech because the sound tech or someone who was supposed to be working the door like didn't show up. So he's like, I'll go. It's a chill show. No, you know, there's like five people, but he like liked my music and I was so kind to him and we were talking about like some industry stuff and like and like we added each other on Facebook after and like and he was like, Hey, do you wanna open for this other person later on? And I was like, Whoa, all I did was be nice to you. Like I didn't know you were the owner of this of this company. Um yeah, so uh I forgot what the question was, but <laughs> We were just chatting about how like music shapes the world, like the it- way that you move through the world okay it's like I've definitely that, weaned off that question no then. I think that but. that is very valid and like networking is such a part of this job but like people forget we're all just people like exactly. yeah like they might be doing this job today or like the, this person with this fancy title but like we're all people and mm-hmm. we're all just like be nice to people like yeah you don't have to be trying to get something from someone in order to network with them exactly exactly network quote unquote like just to like chat with them like yeah half I'll just like start talking to people at conferences and like yeah that's where you like that's where I find I like actually meet people that I end up having long-term connections with versus like I'm gonna go to this panel and like talk up this person and like find this person with this badge like I'm terrible at that I just like get very overwhelmed I did that the first few times and then I was just like let me just party let me just have fun with the people that are there and I can I can like do business afterwards or during or if it comes up it comes up if not I don't give a fuck um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but, oh, um, <laughs> okay. Well, it's like, you know, it's like, let me just have, I'm, I'm at this conference, it's work, but this is supposed to be a fun time. Let mm-hmm. me get to know these people as, as humans, like as like, as their actual personalities. Um, and you also get a better feel of how they're going to be when you work with them. Like yeah. in that sense as well. Right. But, but yeah, just in, just to like wrap it up on that question though, just, yeah, like being, creating music I, I, I really 
I care about the stories behind, like, I care about the stories behind my song, like, I, I always want to share the stories behind my songs, because I know you can kind of take, a, like, a song and be like, it's applicable to you however you want it, you could take from it what you want, but I love the intimacy that it creates, um, like, because then you're not just performing at people, like, it's an experience for them, and they're understanding where you're coming from, um, and they do under, like, the, it, like, it could resonate or it could not, but I've had many times where people have like related so hard to to what I to the lyrics, but it wouldn't have made sense if I didn't explain a little bit beforehand. So, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, I didn't have words for this situation I had gone through that was really similar." But so in that same sense, I'm like, I care so much about the story. I really care about the peopleness behind the like. I care about the heart behind people, and so I apply that into everything, whether I'm on stage or behind the scenes or networking anything. It's just like I look at people as their hearts um and (laughs) it's so cheesy but that's the only way that I can navigate this industry and that's the only reason why I've survived um and continue and will continue thriving um in it um yeah it's just like working with people that have similar heart goals I guess (laughs) heart goals that's a perfect way to end the podcast Thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on all the social medias. Um, I'm on Instagram at M-A-N-D-A-A underscore L-O-W-E. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Mandalo was a thing I was going by for a while. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, I think I'm just Amanda Lowe W um and then on facebook amanda low music probably is what it is l-o-w-e once again and i think that's it i don't know if i have any other oh spotify yeah you can find my music on there apple itunes whatever they're called now literally anywhere streaming platform of choice (laughs) i like spotify (laughs) i know apple is better quality music but no one wants to pay for their garbage services so (laughs) so go spotify it's cool We will have all of that linked below as well. Thank you so much, Amanda Lowe, for coming on the podcast. Um, Have a wonderful day or night whenever you're listening to this and trust your wildflower heart.